you know, we're, we're now we're in the last hours of Jesus um, before the cross, literally the hours uh, in his in his trials. And I was thinking this week, uh, last week we talked about Jesus confronting Caiaphas and how that, uh, uh, and, and, and when Caiaphas puts Jesus under oath, or tell us if you really are the son of God. And, and Jesus said, I, I am. And uh, not only am I the son of God, but I'm the, I'm the promised Messiah that was to come and I'm your high priest. And, uh, and, and this morning, the trials of Jesus were kind of, were two part. They had, you had the religious trial with the Sanhedrin with the high priest. And then we've got the political part. And that's today before Pontius Pilate. And, and I was thinking, Jesus really, as much as he confronted Caiaphas, he puts Pilate in a predicament. Those of you there would like alliteration. Jesus puts, puts Pilate in a predicament. And, and I want us to look at that. Let me pray, and then let's, let's, we're going to start with verse 11 here. Father, thank you so much for uh, the singing and, Lord, the, the, the reminder of the truth of who you are and of, of your good news, as Jim shared. Now, Father, I'd invite your Holy Spirit. Please, you come and you be the teacher. You be the preacher. Because unless you do it, boy, we're all in, in trouble. But we, we ask you now, take the word of God that was breathed by you and open it to our hearts and minds that, that you would do everything within us that you've designed. In Christ's name, I pray this. Amen and amen. They, um, no one really puts Christ on trial as much as they thought they were going to. He always, is, he always confronts them. History says um, that Pilate was a cold cruel, really harsh, calculating man. We're going we're gonna to meet him in the 27th chapter, verse 11. And let's read this and then come back and talk about it. It says, And Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, I am, or thou sayest. And when he was accused of the chief priests and elders, he said nothing. Then Pilate said to him, you hear how many things these witnesses are saying against you? And Jesus never said a word. And so much that Pilate marveled greatly, verse 14. Verse 15, now at that feast, the governor was in the feast as a feast of Passover. The governor was uh, wont to release unto the people a prisoner whom they would, the one they wanted. And they had then a, not, a notable prisoner called Barabbas. Therefore, when they were gathered together, Pilate said unto the, the Jewish people, Whom will ye that I release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, which is called the Christ? For he knew that for envy they delivered him. When he was set down on the judgment seat, his wife sent unto him, saying, Don't have anything to do with this just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and elders persuaded the people that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, Whither of the two do you want me to release to you? And they said, Barabbas. Then Pilate saith unto them, What will I do then with Jesus, which is called the Christ? And they all said unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil has he done? But they cried out more, saying, Let him be crucified. When Pilate saw that he couldn't prevail, but that rather a turmoil was made, he took water, he washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I'm innocent of the blood of this just person. Ye see to it. 
Then answered all the people and said, His blood be on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas unto them. And when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Pilate's already on, on thin ice with, uh, with Rome. Uh, trying, to, trying to rule and keep peace in, uh, in, in Israel was not an easy task. He is not the first governor to be handed this responsibility. And, uh, and, he, and, and, and there's already been a couple of uprisings. Matter of fact, the, 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 they're in the arena and he was going to punish, uh, punish them. And, and they, they called his bluff. They called his hand. Thousands of Jews bared their neck and said, okay, we'll just cut our heads off. And, it, and he, they, they, word got back to Rome. Twice it got back to Rome. And I'm sure that Pilate is, is realizing that three times would not be good. It's like, I thought I turned my phone off. Oh, you know what? I, 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 I usually set this call to go off at once, so the rest of you have got phones that's going off right now. It's a verse for the day. If you hadn't get, not getting the verse for the day, get on the prayer chain. And uh, usually about 9 o'clock, but Sunday morning I was supposed to put that to one. Oh, man. Georgia bummed me out here. I'm blaming them. All right. So uh, uh, Pilate's, Pilate's kind of at this, his daddy would say, a tedious place, okay? It's not a good place. So now at the Passover, Jerusalem, the population of Jerusalem has, has exploded. Uh, historians say that between, that probably be, be between two and three million people, uh, uh, pilgrims or sojourners, people are coming to Passover for, for, uh, to Jerusalem for Passover. So it was, it was, people were everywhere. Tensions were already high. Now Pilate can't afford to let this trial get out of hand. So he's got to act quickly and he's got to act decisively if he's going to survive politically. Okay? Just, just kind of see where he is. And, and, I, and I think when we start off, I think, I think that's really kind of the reason maybe that Pilate is just blunt and confronts him. Are you, really, are you really the king of the Jews? Now remember the, the, the Jewish leaders, the high priest, uh, they're, they're, they, had, they were going to convict Jesus of blasphemy. That uh, he claimed to be the son of God. He came, he, all this religious stuff. That wouldn't stand in the, in the political court. So they delivered Jesus for insurrection and for telling the people not to pay the taxes and for claiming to be a king. Now, those were capital offenses and those were offenses that would get, get the attention of Caesar and the, and, the, and the government back in Rome really quickly. So I think that, I think that maybe Pilate's thinking, Hey, I'm just going to ask him, and he's going to deny he is. And he, when he's going to deny, deny it, then I'm going to be rid of it, and I'm going to turn him back. I'm going to turn him back over to the Jewish leaders. They can they can whip him, or they can do what they want to, but they can't kill him. I think that's what happened. Pilate asked Jesus, "Are you then the King of the Jews?" And Jesus' reply to Pilate puts him in a, in a predicament, just as his reply to Caiaphas confronted Caiaphas with the truth. Now, Jesus' response to Pilate puts Pilate in a difficult situation. Jesus says, yes, I am. And Pilate's in a difficult situation, and, and, and it's easy to see. Verse 24 would show us that Pilate believed Jesus was innocent of the charges. He said, this is, this is innocent blood in verse 24. Pilate 
knew that he, he believed the charges were trumped up charges. Not only that, Pilate, knowing the Jews, he was even questioning their motives. Look at verse 18. Verse 18 says, For Pilate knew that for envy they delivered him. Yeah, you know, Pilate had, you know, again, he had, he had been here. He was, trying to, he was trying to survive here. He was trying to, to get, you know, survive here and get on to someplace else. It was not, not hardly such a political hotbed and an and a, and a end of, a, of a people's careers. So he, he thought, man, this man's not guilty. He's not guilty of this. I hadn't heard any of these, these things. I've heard he's one of the religious leaders. And, and being, being a, one of the a religious group of people, he, he was questioning their motives. Not only that, but in verse, 20, uh, verse 17, Pilate was warned by his wife. Now, old fellow said, it's a pretty smart man that'll listen to his wife. But it's an even smarter man that won't always do what she tells him to do. I'm not going to go with that. I'm just simply saying, I don't think the man who made that comment is still around. I, anyway, but, but Pilate's wife warned him. Hey, and, and notice what she said. Don't have anything to do with this just man. Verse, eight, verse 19, I have it. Don't do have anything to do with this. He's a good man. He's a just man. Be careful, Pilate. Be careful. And not only did Pilate know their motives, not only did Pilate think he was innocent, not only had Pilate been warned by his wife, but in John chapter uh, 18, I want to go there because John gives uh, something that happens that's, uh, that's, that's really interesting, goes along with this. It says, then Pilate went back in, t- in front of Jesus and he asked Jesus to be brought to him, ask him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus says, it's your own question, or did others tell this you about me? And, and, and Pilate said, am I a Jew? Your own people and their leading priest brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Now listen to Jesus' answer. And Jesus said, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom, if it were my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to these Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. And Pilate said, so you are king. And Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And then Pilate, this famous what is truth? And then he goes out again and says, I can't find any guilt in this man. Not only is, is Pilate convinced that Jesus is innocent, not only is, is, is he, he, he knows the motives of the religious leaders, he, he, so that's a big question. Not only has he been warned by his wife, but now Pilate is confronted by truth. He's confronted by the truth of this. And, 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 and he's literally trying to get through this thing quickly. Pilate's painted himself into a corner. And there's not an there's not a easy way out, but he's got to get this situation under control. So again, Pilate is a, is a, is a shrewd politician. And I, and I think he thinks, oh, I've got, a, I've got an out. And the out is this, it's, 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 their, it's their Passover. And uh, I know what I'll do. I'll let them make a decision which one I'll release to them. Now, 
every year the governor had, had there was kind of a tradition that uh, that at Passover that the governor would release a uh, serious criminal. Uh, we'd say maybe a convicted felon. I don't know, but a serious criminal. Uh, somebody that the people wanted released. Now, the, the interesting thing about Barabbas is the, the Gospels tell us that Barabbas was a murderer and that Barabbas was, he was notorious. He would be like a, a terrorist today. He would be, uh, with us, it would be like a, uh, recently, I don't know, it's been, the young kids can't remember this, but some of, the, some, some of you people who are more mature and as mature as I am remember Charles Manson and the Sharon Tate murders out in the West Coast and uh, of this cult. And he came back up again for parole again this year. I don't know, it's been 30 years or four, maybe 40 years or longer. And, and, and it's, and, and it's he, you know, no, no way. So Barabbas is not a Robin Hood type guy that robs from the rich and gives to the poor and, and kind of, you know, Barabbas is along the line of, along the lines of Charles Manson or who's one of this terrorist, uh, who, who was, uh, who was the guy in Bin, in Bin Laden? Yeah, he's, 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 he's along these lines. So Pilate, I think Pilate thinks this is my aunt. There's no way that they're going to want me to turn this guy back loose amongst them. They're scared to death of him. They're going to ask for me to, they're going to consider and they're going to say, well, we don't want him. Yeah, we'd rather deal with, with, with the good that this man's doing than, than the, you turn Barabbas loose amongst us. That, I think that's what he's thinking he'll do. Verse 22, and so, so, so Pilate asked him, which one, which one do you want me to release? And of course, the, the chief priests have worked up the crowd and now they all, they're hollering, Barabbas, we want Barabbas. And, uh, and, and, and they get louder when, when Pilate tries to, to calm them down and get them to rethink it. They get louder. And he's sure word of this is going to get back to Rome just as sure as you're there, you know, as he was standing there. But in verse 22, when he couldn't prevail, uh, he couldn't, couldn't do any good, he asked this question. And this is a question that I'm kind of going to lay on the table before us this morning. Pilate lays it there. Pilate said unto them then, what shall I do then with Jesus which is called the Christ. Now, that's a pretty good question. And it's, and, and it's a good question for you and for me. It's a, it's a good question. What am I going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus? And it's a good question for a lot of reasons. One, we got to know this, though. It's a personal question. Pilate was wanting the people to tell him what to do with Jesus. That's what he asked him. Now, I want to tell you something. People or the crowd can stir you wrong. If you're looking for the crowd to tell you what to do with Jesus and how Jesus should affect your life, they may not tell you the truth. They may not give you wise counsel. And for Pilate... They said, crucify him. 
But it's a personal question. And it's a question that each one of us have to ask ourselves an answer. What will we do with Jesus? And we're confronted with that. With the gospel, we're confronted. Am I going to, am I going to trust him as my savior? Am I going to go to church and hear about him and think, well, yeah, I believe that Jesus lived. I, yeah, I believe he was God's son. Yeah, I believe he done that stuff. And leave it at that? And hear people talk about a personal relationship with him? Hear people talking about that, praying to him and that Jesus is there with them and wondering, always wondering, is that for them and not for me? You see, we can, we can deal with Jesus on a mental basis only. Matter of fact, Scripture says, you know, that's no big whoop. He says, even the, even the devil knows that there's a God and he fears and trembles. But he's not saved. We can know that there's a God. We can know that, yeah, I believe this is true. But if unless we act upon that truth and realize that for a relationship with Jesus, it begins with a, with a personal decision. What am I going to do with him? Josh McDowell years ago would say, you know, their options are that Jesus is either a liar, a lunatic, or he's Lord. You know? Uh, he, he would, uh, if Jesus said that he was our savior, he said that he was the son of God. He said he came to free us. He said he came, John 10, 10, that the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give you life and life worth living. He said more abundantly. Yeah. Jesus promised that he would be with us, with us, always. If he, if, if that's not true, he's a liar. If he thought it was true, but it's really not true, then he's just a crazy man. He's a lunatic. Or if what he said was truth and he confronted Pilate and he said, I came into the world to bear witness to the truth. And everyone who's looking for truth knows it when they find it. They may not like it. They may not want to have to deal with it. But he said, Pilate, you know it's true. And if what Jesus said is true, then he's Lord. It's a personal decision. Do you know him today as your Savior? If you've experienced that relationship of, uh, of knowing and believing that everything you've ever done that was wrong, every sin you've ever committed has been forgiven, that's pretty overwhelming. If you come to that relationship, where you, uh, that place in the relationship where you realize he knows everything about you and he loves you still, so much that he would die for you, knowing all that about you. Wow. That demands a response. That demands my love. That demands my commitment to him. It's a personal decision. It's also not a personal question, but it's a, it's a really important question because how you answer that has eternal consequences. Just got through talking about that and sharing those. There's a little... Well, a two-line, it ain't, I don't know if it's a two-line poem, it's a two-line ditty, can I say that? It rhymes, okay, two lines, I ran across. It says, what will you do with Jesus? Neutral, you cannot be. Someday, your soul will be asking, what will he do with me? Wow. It's an important question. It's a question for today. And if you know, if you've received him and you're here this morning and you say, yeah, man, Jerry, I believe that. I've trusted him. I, I know, hey, I'm, I'm walking this thing out. I know I'm, I'm not perfect, but I do believe him. 
as my Savior. I'm trusting him, I'm, and I'm growing. I'm, I'm asking, I'm, wanting, I'm agreeing with him. I'm wanting to grow in this thing. You may be here, and, you know, as a Christian like that, and, and, he's, and he's just confronting you with, are you going to trust him in the next step of your life? Listen, if he's worth trusting our soul to or with, okay? If he's worth trusting our soul with, I think we can trust him with the simple things of this life. Don't you think so? I think Paul must have come to that place when Paul said, I know whom I believe in and am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. Paul, Paul, Paul said, hey, I've, I've considered this thing and I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna commit my soul keeping in my eternity with him. Scripture tells us that what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul? You can get all kinds of toys. You can have enough money so you don't have to worry about going to McDonald's to eat. You, you, know, you, you, can, you can have it planned out and think you're there and you can have all this. But if you haven't got Christ, Scripture was saying you're being foolish because you're neglecting the most important decision in your life. Now, you know this, but this past week we, I started to say we celebrated an anniversary of, of types. On October the 8th, um, in 1871, I think it was, October the 8th, 1871, was the Chicago Fire. You historians will, will remember. I was, I was hearing him talking about this on the, uh, on the news this week. I think, the, I, I think I'm right in this. Seven, I won't say 17, I'll say 1,700. It was 1,700 or 17,000 structures were completely destroyed. Hundreds of thousands of people were completely displaced immediately in Chicago. Chicago fire, October 8th. Let me, let me read you. This is from uh, D.L. Moody. It was Sunday night, October 8, 1871. D.L. Moody had preached a message in Chicago. I'm quoting him now. He said at the end of the message, I wish you'd take this text home with you and turn it over in your minds during the week. And next Sabbath... We'll come to Calvary and the cross, and we'll decide what to do with Jesus of Nazareth. Then, Sancta began to sing the hymn, Today the Savior calls for refuge fly. The storm of justice falls and death is nigh. Then the fire was that night. Quoting Moody again, I have never since dared to say, to give an audience a week to think of their salvation. If they were lost, they might rise up in judgment against me. I have never seen that congregation since. I will never meet those people until I meet them in another world. But I want to tell you of one lesson, I'm quoting Moody, that I learned that night that I have never forgotten, and that is when I preached to press Christ upon the people then and there and try to bring them to a decision on the spot. I would rather have that right hand cut off than to give an audience a week now to decide what to do with Jesus. Wow. Can you, can you, can you, can you sense and feel the burden that he's feeling? 
that there were people there that night that, uh, that had heard the gospel that maybe the Holy Spirit was speaking to. And maybe that night, if he had pushed a little bit harder, they, could, uh, they would have accepted Christ. And now they may be in eternity without him. I'm, I, I don't like to be a pushy preacher. I don't know why. Barbie says I'm a pushy coach. She says a pushy husband sometimes. Not often. Um, I, I, I like, you know, I, 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 want, I want people, if, they're, if, they, if they see God's word, my prayer is, if you can, if you can really, if we can, if we can, when the Holy Spirit opens his word to us, and we see that love, and we see that kind of, of some, that love for us so much that he would die on a cross for us, if we could really see that, surely we could, uh, we'd, we'd make the right decision. But Barbie and I pray often, there's a, uh, years and years and years and years ago, we were on, this sanctuary wasn't even built, so it was late 80s. There was a, uh, a young man, and uh, his parents didn't come to church, and Barbie and I went by, we picked up different kids at different times, but we would go by and pick up this, this boy, and he was, I don't know, 12, 10 or 12. Um, I was in middle school, so he was, no, I was in high school. Might have been 14. Anyway, we'd pick him up. He'd come to church with us. And one Sunday morning, he said, uh, I, I really want to ask Jesus into my heart. But mom and dad tell me that I'm too young. And, uh, and I looked at Barbie, and we, we looked, and, and man, I, I believe he's really, I mean, he was really, Jesus was, was wanting to be saved. And, I, and I'm telling him, you know, Jesus loves you. And, and you just, you know, tell your, tell your mom and dad and ask, you know, tell them that you want to ask Jesus into your heart. Okay, okay, I will. And I didn't push it because I wanted to honor his mom and dad because I was afraid they would never let him come back. And the boy never came back. And in less than a month, he, was, his, he and another member of the family was killed in an in a accident. And... Uh, and you don't, you, don't, you don't get over things like that quickly. Not, not the tragedy. Tragedies happen. And, and, and they're not to be made light of. I mean, they're, they're, they're tragic. But tragedy of tragedies, listen to me. All of us are going to have to deal with stuff. Okay? Physical, accidental, things happen. But to, but to deal with those without Christ or to go into eternity without Christ... Is more than tragic. More than tragic. So Pilate says, what are you going to do with him? What are you going to do with him? And preachers kind of been saying that down ever since he, these words were penned by Matthew a few years after uh, they were spoken here. But they're, they're very, is the word, am I thinking, is it, I'm not going to say that. They're very uh, apropos. That right, man. It, it, it's 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 good for us to think about him. What are you going to do with Jesus? Have you trusted him? If you've trusted him, are you walking in relationship with him? If you're not, come on. That's why. That's why. That's why. That's why he, he wants that. He desires that. He loves you enough to. He loves us enough to get on our case. 
Philip, when we get out of line, it does me, probably does you. It's good to have you back. Philip's been in the hospital. You were down in Gainesville? Was you in Gainesville up here? Gainesville. And you need a kidney. Yeah, yeah, good to pray. But we go through stuff, right? But when we go through stuff with Jesus, it's different. You're a young Christian. It's different with him than it is without him, isn't it? Yeah, still hurts. Still have questions. But at least now we got somebody there with us we can ask those questions to. He don't always answer them. And sometimes rather than, than answering a question, he said, well, just trust me. Yeah, yeah. But he's there. All right, that's enough. Let me close. Jesus, this morning, you will be put on trial really by no man. Caiaphas tried it and you confronted him with who you really were. Pilate thought he would quickly settle the case and instead he ended up in a predicament. And he ended up being confronted with truth, but that's a good thing for all of us to be confronted with truth because when we're confronted with your truth, we have to make decisions. And Lord, let those decisions be good decisions to trust you, to follow you, to receive you as Lord and Savior. Father, it's my prayer. If there's any here this morning that's never trusted you as a Savior, that your Holy Spirit would be speaking to them. And if that's you this morning, right where you sit, I would encourage you just say, Lord, come into my heart today. Forgive me. I do believe that Jesus, that you are God's son, and I do believe you died for me. But this morning, I realize I've got to do more than just believe that. I've got to act upon it. So help me do that this morning by faith as I ask you to come into my life. In Jesus' name I pray.